Hey guys, welcome to Comic Book Wars, Episode 7, the comicbookspeculation.com podcast. I am obviously Jimmy Linguini, and uh, I'm joined by a motley crew of people uh, who will now introduce themselves, I guess. I'm Nico, your weekend update correspondent for comicbookspeculation.com, and it is my honor and privilege to introduce our guest correspondent, none other than the uh, unpressable defects, Mel V. Well, hello, hello. I was going to be doing laundry, but baby mama needed me. Got to be here for baby mama. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, I don't get that. I don't get that. What, what, what don't you get? Laundry seems like a Saturday thing. Oh, it's, it's whatever you need laundry. No. Next no. Thursday. But that's either here or there. I am making my debut on Comic Book Wars and continue to be a podcast whore. You can find me on multiple other podcasts throughout my comic book career. So why not, why not do Comic Book Wars? So thank you guys for having me. I'm sober, by the way, so this might be a train wreck. I don't know. I feel like it would be the reverse of a train wreck if you're sober. No, because we don't ever have train wrecks. I don't think you ever like rewatch when you get drunk on podcasts. But no. that's okay. I, just, I appreciate that you're here, Mel, from Unpressable Defects Podcast. Um, what's going on this week in comics? I thought like there was almost nothing going on, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm the, I was looking at um, you know, doing my um, my, my 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 spiel for the week on comics heating up, and I was like, well, this just might not be a lot of a lot of good books. Um. We were speaking before about, um, you told me to stay away from this book, but I'm very bullish on the book. It, it would be the Red Sonja Vampirella meets Betty Veronica 2. Can you tell me why you say- Wait, issue two? Yeah. W why? Why is there an issue two? What? Exactly. You mean you're buying the regular cover? No, I'm, buying, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about, you know, I want to get the one in 40, right? But they're still in stock in Midtown, by the way. I think who, I'm thinking to myself, who the fuck orders 40 of these books? On the, on, the, on the minor side about it, it is dynamite. Dynamite has the tendency to just make copies appear out of nowhere. But there's, there's somebody told me recently that if like you order at ratio, like you order the amount of copies, you can uh, with dynamite you can order as many copies as you want of that variant. I don't know if that's true, uh, but I did hear that recently. I mean, that's I, true at least some of I the did, time. When I did a dynamite variant with them, I got a lot of variant covers. Um, and a lot of them came damaged, and they gave me replacements. But I got a lot of variant covers. Uh, when it, that was what the Guar one, and I mean, who wants variants for Guar anyways? But um, I mean, that was fine. But I, I, I just think with Dynamite, they seem to overprint. They seem to be in cahoots with Midtown Comics, and they have d dynamic forces. So if any of their variants get hot, they'll just uh, sell the surplus on their website at a premium. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds about right. But that didn't stop me from. Purchasing one, and like I said, they're still in stock. Still in stock in Midtown. So again, who the fuck orders forty of these? Um, and what surprised me the most is that there are none on eBay. Don't know why. Yeah, why and I'll tell you. I'll tell you who doesn't order them. My local chain of six stores in my area did not order enough books between six stores to get a one in forty variant. They're getting none. Uh, but, what Jimmy said with respect to the uh, incentive variants being qualifier variants. My experience with that has been that uh, sometimes they are qualifier variants and other times they are not, um, and that that's really issue uh, issue specific. But um, that may have changed, you know, here within the last year, several years, uh, because it's been a long time since I've ordered, uh, you know, just a, a truckload of 
issues from Dynamite in order to qualify for a particular book, a particular incentive cover. Let me let me let me let me see what um, what I had read about um, this particular book on um, on Diamond. Well, so. I think the one thing we're learning though about these um, these books, these uh, Archie and and Betty and Veronica books, is that nobody orders them. <laughs> so they all seem to have really low print runs, and people are chasing the covers now, and they seem to be really hard to find. Well, relatively hard to find. Okay, so for every forty copies ordered and received. Covers A through E, any combo. Retailers will qualify to order a Dan Parent Virgin cover at the net cost of $2 each. Yikes. So there we go. It's an incentive, not a qualifier. Hmm. But yeah, no, variants usually cost $2. Like you still have to pay for them. I didn't realize that there were five different covers. Yeah, yeah. Then you got to you got your black and white. But that's a there's also a, a Braga variant, <clears throat> which I think is better than the damn parent variant, and that's a one to thirty ratio and it, it looks pretty fucking sweet. Is it hard though to be better than the Dan Parent variant? I mean for this if you ask me, this should have been the one to forty, the Dan Parent should have been the one to thirty. But um like I said, yeah. uh Dan uh, hard to find Dan Parent books always command a nice premium coming out the gate. So what's this? Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, Mel. Can uh, someone explain that to me? What is the uh, appeal for so many collectors for Dan Parent variants? I mean, um, he seems to be the artist who's getting all the attention with respect to the Archie books. Uh, I mean, it's advertised like, in solicitations. He just looks like old. It, it just looks like old Archie. Like, it looks classic Archie. So I think that's he's the go-to Archie uh, artist at this point. He's a nice guy, too. How long has he been doing Archie? Do you know? Yeah, a long time. Okay. Like, uh, I would say at least ten years, mm-hmm. maybe twenty. But I mean, I bought like Sharknado uh, pages off him for the Archie Sharknado thing, and he was like a really nice guy. Archie I, Sharknado. I couldn't, I couldn't sell them for the life of me. I, I think I ended up selling them to Wes. Why would uh, Archie hang out with Sharknado? Dude, Archie Punisher, Archie Kiss, Predator. Um, yeah, exactly. So who knows? The Sharknado one at least like was Sharknado. It was um, I was at um NYC NYC last year, and everybody's making a big stake over the Dan Parent Robotech variant. Uh, I'm looking them up now. They're going for about eight bucks. Wow. Okay, makes sense. That was the one that had the art germ cover, right? That uh, sold yeah. well at out the gate, and now sells yeah. for what? Nothing. Pro- probably. Hmm. You guys want to talk about uh, the resurgence of, or uh, yeah, I would say the resurgence of modern good girl art. Um, So like Wonder Woman, Catwoman, Adam used books or Stone Cold, but all of a sudden if it's uh, Archie, Betty, Veronica, and they've got a a bikini on the cover, the books are getting listed on eBay at 20, 30 bucks. Um, Running running out of shit to spec on? Yeah, $100. I mean, there was a, uh, there's one that I like, which is Archie 511. Uh, that's a legitimately like dirty joke, uh, and that book is impossible to find. There was one that was listed on eBay for like five minutes, and I didn't pull the trigger on it. It was a hundred and twenty-five dollars, and it sold. Um, it's Archie with Betty and Veronica. They're both in bikinis, and it's like uh, 
I forget exactly what the the dialogue says, but it's something to the effect of like my fortune said, I, or my horoscope said that I was going to be in the pink today because they both have <laughs> on pink bikinis, and I was like, well, okay. Um, but $125 buy it now within five minutes of being listed. I, I mean, I was just shocked by that. Yeah, see, <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, people like risque covers. And uh, I don't know why Archie all of a sudden has uh, gotten all hot, but people are I noticing mean, that there are risque covers. And they aren't like, the print runs aren't really there. Because I, I, whenever people try to sell Archie comics in stores, stores usually tell them to kick rocks. Oh, yeah. Cause there was a, there was a there was a kid that um well not a kid an old guy he knew I was in the comics he said I got a whole bunch of, bunch of these Archie books I never called him back <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> every, everybody has Archie books um, yeah, really because when they grew books. up they all got those stupid digest books they're worth nothing so usually stores don't buy Archies and that's why I th I think they're going to be very hard to track down all these bikini covers and I guess if, I think I said it a few weeks ago are are all the bikini covers going to start be worth money and it looks like that's what's happening. Well, that, that was when I spoke about um that Archie joke book I was making a joke about where he's looking at her ass, looking at uh, Betty's ass while she's bowing. I never seen the take off, but I don't see I don't see many posted on um maybe I think it was Archie joke book seven. I was like, yeah, this one this won't fly in today's age. Well, it's weird. It's it's the uh, the modern run from the '90s that has gotten all the attention from speculators. The books from the '70s and '80s. Uh, you know, except for a few exceptions, the pearl necklace cover and uh, some of the ones that are more well-known um, are the only ones that are getting attention. And I think it's because they're just, as Jimmy indicated, or and you alluded to, they're just comparatively uh, more rare. Who's ordering those books now? They're not going on newsstands and retailers pass them up. And when they don't, um, they end up in dollar bins or you know under the register and in a kids book section uh getting mangled by children uh who are dropped off in the front of the store while their parents shop for books or talk to the uh you know owners or employees <laughs> kids off just why they big deals with the owners accurate accurate I don't, I don't have children i sort of assume that they're just left by the wayside i mean i imagine that's what happens before we go any further, Thanks, I do, do want to um, let you guys know I do check out your podcast each and every week, and I do I think you guys are doing a tremendous job, and I think Sleepy John is definitely an asset to you, Jimmy, as well as um, Nico over here. So, good job. Um, Thanks, buddy. Well, I'm glad that you you slowed the podcast down because apparently <laughs> we had like a contest last week, and we have a winner. Um, I'll let I'll let Nico take over though because I, I told him what to do. Well, uh, I'm I'm uh, I don't remember who won, but you. Did. Oh, I told you to write it down. Yeah, now uh, I gotta I gotta pull it back up. So yeah, last week we had a contest to win an Oblivion Song one, uh, pink signature variant. Um, I can't remember who won. I think it was R. J. Taylor. No, it definitely wasn't. He um, won two weeks ago. What? Yeah, three weeks ago. Trust me, I remember sending him his book. That okay. was not the name you said. That wasn't the name I said. I okay, promise. well, I'm, you're right. I'm looking at I'm looking at something from three weeks ago, apparently. Um, it was Ralph Cutler. That's him. Yeah, that's who won. I apologize. Shout out to Ralph. Yeah, no, I'm looking at this now, and it's <laughs> looking at the outline from three weeks ago. I feel like I should send RJ tonight. something. I feel bad. Yeah, that that is. But you sent him something already, right? So I did. Um, are we doing another contest, though? Yes, we are, and I'm very excited because there's been uh, an increasingly large number of participants each and every week. 
Uh, and I think it's important that we overwhelm Jimmy with solicitations um, in his email. Remember that all of the entries are going to be sent to comicbookspeculation at gmail.com. You don't have to worry about writing it down. It'll be in the information at the bottom of the YouTube show. No, it's comicbookwars at gmail.com. Comicbookwars at gmail.com. But this guy's not even prepared. I'm it, definitely not without prepared. Sleepy John, we apparently just fall apart. That's very true. We're hoping Mel could could help us, but apparently, the glue we need. I'm, but a no, fan, I, I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan. Chiming in on the Comic Wars podcast. Think think that. Nevertheless, <laughs> uh, so what uh, you have to do in order to enter the podcast's contest at comicbookwars at gmail.com is simply like and share uh, this video on social media somewhere, either Instagram or Facebook or a MeWe group. Perhaps you just want to torture your friends and put it on your own personal page uh, so that you can be ridiculed for your comic book collecting habits. It's your choice. Then you're going to screenshot that and send it to Jimmy. And again, we want to overwhelm Jimmy with as many emails as we can possibly yeah, and send it's at, at comicbookwars at gmail.com. Sleepy John, I, I hope he's back next week. Um, <laughs> I, I know he has like some phone issues, apparently. Can you believe he's trying to better deal me? No, but what did he do? He lost his phone or somebody stole his phone, he said? What a loser. He lost his phone and now he has a meeting. Yeah, no, he always had his meeting. But, I mean, he lost his phone. What, what? a loser. Agalotus Anonymous? I don't know. Here. I wish he was here so you he could tell us about how he lost his phone, but he's not. You know, a lot of my friends should probably go to AA meetings, but they don't. But that's none of my business. The more important point is that this is the book that we're going to give out. The Sheriff of Babylon, number one. That's a, that's a sweet, that's a sweet giveaway. Yeah. So here's the cool part, right? Got option. We've got uh, none other than Tom King, everybody's favorite uh, CIA uh, field agent out there uh, saving the United States from uh, terrorism and other sorts of foreign enemies, takes the time out of his uh, superhero lifestyle to write a comic book. And he wrote this one, uh, which may or may not be autobiographical. I have no idea. Uh, but it's a good read and uh, a cool spec book. Uh, I'm hoping that the movie gets made and that he gets some major casting for it. Uh, he seems like a really cool guy. And uh, personally, I prefer his non-superhero uh, work to uh, the work he does on superhero comics. So, um, you know, other people differ in that regard. Uh, but this is, without a doubt, uh, my favorite book of his. Sweet. Very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's great. Yeah, that's great. I forgot that Tom King wrote that. But it is optioned for, like, a movie or something, right? Am I eligible to win that book? No. I'm a fan. No, but I mean, if you want to, you can you can take a screenshot sharing this link at uh, send it to comicbookwars at gmail dot com. Man, that's good. Um, what else is going on this week? So this week, I, I didn't really think there were any really big books coming out. I mean, Superman Year One comes out, and it's uh, it's bigger than uh, it's bigger than Batman Damned. Really. Yeah, there's apparently no like typical magazines or there's no typical like um, bags and boards for them. So we'll see how much fun that is tomorrow. <laughs> That's awesome. 
I, I'm gonna bring my life my life magazine bags and boards to the comic shop. People are just gonna stare at me when I. Walk I don't in. know if I don't like. That's what I thought. I I assume life size magazines were typical ones that you could find, but from what I was reading in the DC forum, a bunch of people were upset. Um, Silver Surfer Black One. The second print comes out this week. Yes. And the first print came out last week. Yeah, Correct. How? Okay. And you said it's already selling for something. Eight to ten, apparently. Yeah, and uh, again, my uh, local chain, who's got a half a dozen stores in the greater Pittsburgh area, um, got zero copies at Wait, my local shop. Available on Diamond? I have no idea. They have oh. 20 copies of the first issue, first print on the stands. Um, I didn't look to see if it was still available on Diamond. Um, I'll probably pass. <laughs> on the book, if we're going to be totally honest, I, I'd have picked it up, but I'm not going to go out of my way to order copies. Let's see. Interesting. Let's, interesting. Let's take a look. And then the other book that you have written down here is uh, Star Wars TIE Fighter 3, the 1 in 25 variant. Yeah, that's actually a Sleepy John special. He likes that uh, ratio variant, at least to the extent that he thinks it's interesting enough for us to talk about. Um, well, I did see a bunch of your Star Wars books were added to a, an app recently, and I thought that was pretty cool. But I didn't know what was up with that. A bunch of Star yeah. Wars books you talked about in your uh, your article. Oh, Silver, good. Silver Server Black, you can still, um, the second print, Deodato, you could add that to cart. So I'm assuming that's still in stock. On what, at Midtown? Well, that means nothing. That just means Midtown has a bunch. No, at, at Diamond. So that, well, no, oh, it worked. No, it was just back order, not in stock. I, I do terribly apologize. Uh, notify, notify me when in stock. So, <laughs> sorry, I do apologize. That's weird, though, that the second print would come out this week. It is. Well, it had a real short window to order too. Final order cutoff on that book was almost instantaneous. I think most people missed it. But what is that shit going on in his sword? Is that carnage? Is it? Yeah, it's be supposed to be a spoiler cover, so I think there's something <clears throat> going on with it. But it was just an interior page, right? So, well, no, the interior art wasn't that damn good. I don't know. That's weird, then. This cut was pretty damn good. Yeah, it's got a lot of things going for it. Uh, the more you guys talk about it, the more I'm thinking about actually trying to order a couple copies. Uh, take a take a look at the cover. Can you pull up what 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 is is that carnage on his sword? That's, no, whatever. Very, very interesting. Well, I mean, it's selling for eight to ten bucks if it's in back order. So, I mean, if you see it, I guess it's not the worst book to pick up. But again, how many stores are going to order that? Yeah, and if it's at back order, I mean, it's not going to go back in stock at Diamond. So. Hmm. Something to think about, I guess. Very interesting. I don't know. Um, it says here that Hench Girl is in development. Well, um, I thought that was known, right, Mel? Wasn't Hench Girl in development forever? Well, Hench Girl was always rumored, but um, never, and they really never took off. I reached out to Kristen for a comment, but she has yet to hit me back yet. Yeah, she's but, not um, going to. Probably not. But um, I'm 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 happy I'm happy for her. If this, you know, once this does get get made, because she's a very nice person. So how does Hench, how does that work, Mel? Um, how does it work? Because Kristen, she's the writer and artist of Hench Girl. Correct. And it was originally published on Scout Comics, but then she made some deal where Dark Horse uh, published a trade. Yes. Um. I. Uh, the the question is like I got an email this morning from Scout saying that. It was it was in development, so I was just curious why Scout was sending me an email if if the property is with Dark Horse or, or yeah, is it Dark Horse? Yeah, Dark Horse. That's 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 what that's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if it's going to come out under that that Dark Horse umbrella Netflix thing or where where it's going to be optioned. At. Um, the alert I got from Kick like said it was just 
ready, uh, being produced for TV. Uh, they didn't really go into details about it, but again, I reached out to Christopher for some um, answers on the topic, and maybe we'll have some tomorrow on Unprecedented Defense. Nice. Well, I mean, so yeah, it's supposed to be a television series. Um, yeah, that's all this email says. You guys want to talk about the key books? Um, I mean, that no number self-published book is super uh, expensive and super hard to find. I have no idea what the print run is, uh, but it's got. Yeah, to be I mean, I had book. a few of those at the beginning. What the self-published? Yeah, she told me that it was anywhere from twenty to thirty or something like that. Oh, she, please! This is what she told me, and she oh. gave me. I got one in my box somewhere. Yeah, I mean, didn't we all get copies of that? I'm pretty sure we all got copies of that. Book. With the, the great cover, with the, yeah, the... yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what she said. I know she said she gave me her last copy, so I still have it in the box. So I said I'm never going to sell. Well, it. yeah. So it was like a web comic first, and then um, it turned into a uh, a collected thing where she did. It. She sold it at cons, and then yeah, Scout picked it up, and then the Scout one went into what like four different printings or something, and and all of those pretty much heated up. And then, yeah, like there's the, okay. there's a one in five hundred, a one in two fifty. Uh, right, and then there's the regular cover, and I don't know what the fourth one is. No, 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 no. They were like, what do you mean one in five hundred? All the variants are irrelevant because they all came out after the first print, so they're all like glorified second or third prints. Okay, but, like, um, heroes or something like that, heroes or something or another. Or... Right, for some from some store, they had that logo in the corner there. Yeah, sure. They're yeah, they're store variants. But okay. all the store variants came out after issue one already came out, right? right. Which so. Um, yeah, and then there was like five or four or five different printings of issue one, and they all heated up. So, I don't really think the store variants come into play at all with that book. Well, with really any of the scout books, but who knows? Well, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for um, once you know, once to see this stuff get made. She's a very, very good girl. Um, and I'm, I'm what, ready. what does that even mean? She's a very good girl. Well, she's, she's a grown ass woman. I mean, she's, she's a good person. What? She loves her mama, loves Jesus, and America too. This is taking a turn. <laughs> See, I gotta be drunk. I can't do this sober. This is not me. I'm all nice and shit. You're the one taking the turn. Um, so this week there's been a lot of like uh, news surrounding Ironheart. Really? And Riri Williams. Okay. Uh, because apparently... Uh, because you apparent, mean, apparently... Apparently... Yeah, please, please. <laughs> All right. So, uh, long story short, Eve Ewing uh, is currently writing Ironheart, and essentially what happens, she's introducing Robert Downey Jr. at a Hollywood uh, function, and uh, during the course of Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, remarks to the crowd at the Gene Siskel Film Center, he indicates Riri Williams' Ironheart belongs in the MCU. Um, and you know, a ton of news outlets have picked up on that. And the question is whether or not it will get the attention of Kevin Feige and others at Disney. Uh, is he, uh, you know, kind of foreshadowing what's uh, to come in the future of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe or on DC streaming? Um, is he uh, going to be able to kind of like use his uh, power and uh, political capital to kind of push uh, that issue? Um, I mean, he is, uh, for all intents and purposes, the heart and soul of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, uh, without a doubt, the biggest star in those films. So for him to make that statement, 
you know, I think there's uh, at least a lot of uh, eyes on Riri spec and um, it seems to be a pretty good uh, investment, at least well, to me at this point in the game. I mean, he didn't say it out of nowhere, though, right? Like, he was introduced at a, an event by the, the writer of Riri Williams? Correct. Now, what the kind of backstory of that is, if you remember... Um, he might have a, just been, like, saying, like, a compliment that meant nothing. It could right? have been. It could have absolutely been. I mean, if he's NDA still writer. in, like... If he's still in the Marvel Universe, doesn't he have, like, a bunch of NDA, like, non-disclosure agreements where he can't really talk about characters that they'd be using? So There's I no think I think, I think this like non-disclosure agreements would absolutely carry on after his contract's over. I think of anything this means that they're not doing anything with this character. And the only way that they would is if if like the public gets behind it and starts making uh like petitions and stuff, but as of right now I think there's really no like maybe hold on to the books. I don't know, but I don't I wouldn't pay for these books or buy them for what they're going I, for. I right mean now. I, think, I think they're focusing on his daughter being some somewhat maybe the next incarnation of Iron Man in the MCU because they would never introduce her in the movie, you know, anyway. I don't think they're gonna go the Riri route. I don't definitely don't think that that's like I think she could show up eventually, but I for him to say that, I think it means that it's not happening. Because again, if they were doing something with it, he wouldn't be able to talk about it. I still would pick pick those books up, but not at premium prices. Just wait for them to come back down. But um you have you have on the list I mean they're down. What are they at now? Well, I guess they're about to see for a minute. They're about to see a surge, but I, I again, uh, I wouldn't really be touching these books right now. Did Einhard Hans variant? I mean, that was stone cold. Yeah, it would get for about twenty bucks now. You can get slab nine eighths for so cheap; it'll make your head spin. I would, I would pick one up, throw it in the box, and and and, and worry about it later. You know, and again, those women of power variants are dirt cheap. Um, you know, I think the market kind of settled on seven, not nine. Uh, correct me if you think I'm wrong. Um, again, those are all books that are, are relatively inexpensive, and I think dealers are going to be willing to unload them. Um, you, you've seen some of this attention in uh, like online speculator circles, but it, your local comic shop doesn't give a shit about uh, Ironheart spec at this point. Um, so I think there's an opportunity there. Do I think that it's the, a project that's in development that he's like hinting at? No. Do I think uh, that it's got potential and uh, do I think that this helps the potential for this character to be developed down the line? Absolutely. The, what I was saying before was that uh, there was at least uh, an earlier rumor that indicated that there was a screenplay that was not only drafted, uh, commissioned and drafted, but that on one of these websites where various uh, screenwriters share um, their screenplays that it got uh, a huge pop among uh, other writers. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, to be perfectly honest, I've never been somebody who's like championed uh, Ironheart spec, so I didn't really investigate it too much. I get the books, I sell the books. Um, will I be buying them now on at uh, current market value on eBay? No. Uh, but if I see them at shows, will I be trying to bundle them together and pay about half of the going rate for them? Maybe. Wasn't there like a, 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 a MIT commercial with Riri in it? Oh. Um, there was an MIT something, but it wasn't like, yeah, there was, wasn't, yeah, I don't, it was like for their, uh, yeah, yeah, there was. Because it was like, oh, this is what our students can do, right? Kind of, I don't, I don't remember that at all, but it never really went into anything. Yeah, there was, there was, All I know is like for him to be talking about it, if anything was happening, he wouldn't be able to talk about it, so. 
I just I just don't feel it happening. But so those books are rebounding. Another book that I guess is starting to rebound is Why the Last Man Number One. No question about it. There was a sale of a uh, raw copy on eBay today that had um, a corner bend uh, for like $349. And I don't know if my flipper tools wasn't working well on my cell phone because it was the best offer. And I looked at it and I was like, is this real life? Like I, and I forgot to look on a desktop. Um, but you know, the, I, I'll just to double check what the uh, actual sold price was, but I, I was fundamentally shocked by that sale. And it was today uh, following the announcement that there was a different showrunner and that the TV show was going to happen. We've talked before about how, well, so what was it two or, two or three weeks ago that uh, they came out and said that the, everybody involved with the project had walked away and everybody thought why the last man was dead in the water. I thought it was longer than that. Yeah, it might have been what, like a month, maybe two months. Yeah, like two months ago, I believe. Maybe two months. Yeah. So, um, I mean, this is exciting news because everybody thought the project was dead. Uh, so, I mean, I'm I'm sure there were a lot of people who dumped their books, and and if you got them when the when the selling was good, uh, I did. I picked one up for a hundred bucks. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean that, and you're giving it away, right? That's what that's the one you're giving away this week. <laughs> No, I listed it $349 on eBay following the last sale of $349. It looks much better than the copy that I already sold. Yeah, I feel like the the book like is I feel like that's low for why the last man. Like I feel like it was going for a lot more uh, a few months ago, but who knows where it's going to go if the TV show actually gets finished and and if we end up seeing it. That would be pretty great though. I love Vaughn. Uh, I mean, I'm a, a Brian K. Vaughn Homer. Um, I love Saga. I think Why the Last Man was a great read uh, from start to finish. And um, I've got a lot of faith in it as a TV show. I think uh, FX does a hell of a job with TV generally. And I'm pretty excited about it. So uh, I was really disappointed when uh, the last uh, exit of the showrunner um, happened. And I am uh, pleasantly surprised by this news. I mean, I assumed the show was going to come back. I, I, I kind of hedged my bet on that um, because they had already cast the show. Um, that being said, uh, you know, I don't know how much room there is to grow. I mean, the nine eights are already super expensive. Uh, if you look back at the weekend update, I think I uh, suggested that people try to pick up those books cheap. Um, and I did. This, well, that's my uncle. He told me to um, get them while they were cheap because he said the show was coming back out. What, that's your uncle that told you to do that? Brian. I'm Uncle Brian. Your Uncle Brian told you to Hello? buy what? Brian K. Uncle Brian K. We call him BK. Okay. Brian K. Vaughn. It's my uncle. Okay. My man. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> I thought I was Uncle George. Than being like uncle I didn't know Paul. where he was going with that. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't even good. What's going on with, what's going on with Spawn, though? So apparently, uh, McFarlane is coming back to do covers. What after three hundred? Yeah, it spawns three hundred one. He's gonna write and draw a bunch of variants again. Well, he's been writing it, right? Remember when he was writing Spawn, but he used a pen name because he didn't want anybody to know he was writing Spawn. Why would he do that? I don't know, but now he's actually writing Spawn, right? That's what Dylan says. That's what Dylan says. Okay. <laughs> so now he's okay. Well, that's cool, I guess. 
Nico, yeah, any, any opinion on that? Okay, cool. I uh, Well, the question for me is always this with Spawn. How long can this last? How long uh, can the back issue surge last? Um, is it a good long-term uh, play? Do I need to unload these books now? Um, at what uh, rate should I be selling them? It seems like every other week there's a new hot book from that run. And, uh, you know, I'm not real familiar with um, a lot of these spawn books at the time. They were published at a time when I wasn't collecting. Um, and it's almost as if I want to go back and look at the covers um, because there's a ton of them I forget. And uh, all of a sudden they're like $50 books. Uh, plus, there's the resurgence of uh, newsstands with those books that we've talked about um, all the time that they always demand a premium, uh, particularly I think it's like 137, which is the last newsstand issue. Um, and my question is really like, uh, is there an opportunity to do uh, any sort of uh, speculating on those books or is it just a situation where I'm trying to buy undervalued or underpriced copies uh, that I can either improve with a clean enough press or, or just flip? Um, you know, and kind of like take my uh, profit and, and move on to the next play. Um, but I like Spawn uh, collectors. I think they're smart. I think they're smart about comics and uh, they spend money. Um, so, you know, they're the kind of books that I like to buy and sell. Well, I mean, there's a lot of Spawn 300s have been selling in presale. So I would assume that that like there are a lot of fans there. So I'm not sure how long these books are going to stay around, but people seem to be buying lots of uh, copies of Spawn 300. So what that will really mean, at the, if that book ends up being a dollar book, who knows? I mean, everybody thought Spider-Man 700 would be a dollar book, and, and look what happened to that. Uh, everybody thought the same thing on the Amazing Spider-Man 1 right after that. And Well, I guess that one was for a while, but now I guess what is the first Silk or something? So. Cindy Moon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not Silk. It's first Cindy Moon. So I, I don't know. Things are happening, uh, but who, who knows for how long. What, what was the print run on a, on a um, AMS 700? Hi. Oh, my God. I, remember, I don't know what it was, one. but I remember they had like that one in uh, 200 Ditko variant. You think the Spawn, you think the spawn three, um, 300 would be higher? Oh, yeah. Well, well and it, it's a big price tag for that book, too, so it's interesting. What do you mean? Isn't the cover price like six ninety nine or something? Well, that's actually less than uh, Spider Man seven hundred because Spider Man seven hundred was nine ninety nine. Right? I think. Am I wrong? No, I think, Maybe it I, wasn't. think I think it was seven ninety nine, but I, oh. I don't know. Well, yeah. still, that's more than the spawn. It's still so a, it's a... still a big price tag, right? Um, the, and the difference being, like, it's a Marvel book compared to an Image book, and uh, what does that really mean? Well, it means uh, that like one publisher will, one publisher will will overprint them. And one publisher will be a lot <laughs> on their order. So, uh, well said. Are they doing uh, store variants for this as well? No, I don't think. Like, Image is very anti-store variants, so they only do like ones for certain titles. And I, I don't think they would ever do one for Spawn. Um, yeah, and I can I ask you guys the question? Stuff, but I, I, that's it. Can I ask you guys this question? Uh, is there an opportunity for Walking Dead back issues like there once was for Spawn back issues, or is that uh, a non sequitur? Maybe in fifteen or twenty years, and like if the walk, if all the shows got canceled and we had like a dry period, but even with Spawn at the beginning, it got really hot, and then it took a while for it to become a dollar book. When I say a while, I mean I mean like five to ten years after release, right? It wasn't immediately uh, a dollar book, and then it, and then it rose up again. So what's that? You the one for Spawn number one? 
Yeah, spawn number one and then the the early run, which you could find cheap for a very long time, but it didn't happen immediately. Right. So I would say with Walking Dead, if everything died out on Walking Dead, and maybe then people sold their collections and you'd see them in stores, but um, I, I don't see it happening, really. No. Uh, one book, I mean, if they do a spinoff with um, Negan and Judith, I'm still bullish on that um, first period of Judith, even though she dies in the book. I think people will start looking for that other than any other back issues. I can't. I think we all agree that it's criminal that the TV show hasn't told the uh, Carl Negan story with Judith and Negan. Well, I think um, I think I think it's going to be one of the spin. I really do think it's going to be one of the spinoffs. I, of course, it's just speculation at this point for me, but it, it would be great. Like, who wouldn't watch that? I mean, it's definitely what the fans want. I mean, even I mean, the like part-time fans, not the non-fans like Jimmy, but the guys that are part-time fans like us uh, that aren't the diehard Walking Dead fans, but that you know would still enjoy good Walking Dead TV. We all want it. Their relationship. Uh, so I, their on-screen relationship is, is, is so damn good. It's like you have to do. They they should do this. It, it makes fucking sense. But if you look at the show, a lot of shit doesn't make sense. So who knows what yeah. the fuck? Now, and what's interesting for me though is that Spawn, unlike The Walking Dead, is very much cover-driven, right? So there's not a lot of opportunities for those books um, because there's not a lot of like outstanding cover art. For the Walking Dead series, I mean, is there still an opportunity for those back issues uh, to catch some heat? I, I don't know. I, I'm less than bullish on them. What store uh, has Walking Dead back issues? It's a good point. You can. I, mean, I, think, I think that book's been on fire for so long. You can only really find like the last four years of of books. So that's what a hundred up. So you can't really find any good books for Walking Dead for for flippability. In my opinion, give it some time. No, I mean you need time if everything would die down, but I don't. I don't see anything happening. I mean, prices are going down on Walking Dead, but who knows if, if it's going to rebound or not? I mean, it comes in waves for that title for whatever reason. It's weird, but that, that's how it is. I mean, one one ninety one and one ninety two. They were the highest. They they did the best um, in the aftermarket since what since what book one hundred? I guess. What's going on with gold digging? What's this gold digging thing? Ah, yeah, okay. I can get behind that. That is uh, my observations about uh, the golden age market. So uh, if you are uh, even mildly interested in golden age books this week, all eyes were on Black Cat Mystery Comics number 50. There was a CGC 5.0 copy um, that was up in a live auction for seven or 10 days. I can't remember. Um, but it's all anybody was talking about. There had been a CGC 2.5 uh, purple restored uh, copy that ended, uh, it, uh, I think, on the 25th of the, uh, May. It was at the end of last month, and uh, it sold for about $3,200. And uh, people were just kind of shocked by this number. Uh, Black Cat 50 all of a sudden uh, catapulted. Uh, heads above any other pre-code horror book. Uh, so here we've got a blue label 5.0, and uh, the question is, well, just how high can it go? Uh, I mean, we're all well aware that even in the golden age market, restored books uh, command uh, you know, far less than blue label books. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. 
what was surprising is that the 5.0 uh, sold for $6,300. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting a much higher number for that. And so this is interesting for me. Uh, my kind of takeaway from all of that, um, and again, uh, this is just kind of me intuiting, is that we've got new money in the golden age market, uh, particularly the pre-code horror market. Uh, people are uh, what I describe as like cash rich from variant comic flips, right? They're newer uh, collectors to at least the golden age market, uh, but savvy collectors when it comes to comics. And uh, they've decided I need to get these books now before I don't have an opportunity to get them. So they cobble together, you know, two, three, uh, four grand to get uh, copies of these books that, you know, there may be like 25, 50 copies on the census. Um, and they're coming in at an entry level and, you know, paying a ton of money for uh, low grade copies that are now getting substantially more than even, uh, you know, proportionally than mid grade copies or uh, higher grade copies from, you know, guys that are large retailers or collectors who've been at this for a, a longer time that just have more expendable income uh, or more money to move around and play with. Uh, that's kind of my takeaway on the Black Cat 50, would it, or at least on the pre-code uh, market generally. Um, the only other pre-code uh, book that was kind of interesting to me this last week was Eerie Number no. 1. That book is uh, pretty famous because it is arguably the first pre-code horror comic book. Um, and it sold for $1,400. It was a CGC 5.0 copy. Um, Jimmy? It's the pre-code what? It's the first pre-code horror book? I think so, isn't it? No. Eerie one? What? What? No. There were horror books before Eerie one. There might not have been. They might not have been published by EC. Um, but there were horror books before EC was around. Horror like. Yeah, but that's the first Eerie horror book. Yeah. Okay. I'm listening. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that was kind of a, a book to kind of like pay attention to and, and see. Um, the other uh, big golden age sale that uh, caught my eye was a Tim Holt number 50. Uh, and, uh, you know, thank you. Uh, what a John name. Z. Thank you, John Z from the Tales from the Flipside podcast for putting me on uh, this book, putting it on my radar. I had no idea what the hell it was. It is a book that allegedly uh, inspired the Son of Sam killer. Uh, and it's got a woman in some kind of weird tutu uh, and a bound uh, cowboy who I assume is Tim Holt. Uh, but because of that relationship with the Son of Sam Killer, uh, people have been buying this book and they've been paying top dollar for it. So um, can you go to it went for $759. What, what, what exactly was the relationship between this and the Son of Sam Killer? Yeah, he, just had, he just had the book in his oh. apartment. And then they linked it to that. I don't know. There were like there were like these two kids in Canada who who apparently like really read a lot of crime comics. And then they um they saw they I think they started throwing bottles off or no I think um they started they saw that they were playing with guns in in the comic book. So then they decided to play with guns and they started playing with guns by a highway and and it shot some guy in in his car and um, he died. And then they banned crime comic books in Canada. And that law is still enacted. So, um, and this was in the 30s. So back then, uh, things were crazy. Wow. 
but uh, yeah. I'm very interested in this Tim Hall to my research of this Tim Hall. I mean, is there is there did did the son of Sam killer say, Oh yeah, I did this, this comic book? <laughs> no. But they found it and they said, Oh, this happened. Just like when um the one lady from Mama and the Papas died, they found a ham sandwich next to her next to her bed. So uh, all the news reported that she died eating a ham sandwich. I mean, just because the, just because it was there doesn't like it doesn't make the connection. You know what I mean? So, um, but again, that book is is uh, notoriously known for that. Uh, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that, that. Yeah, it's still cool cover too. Yeah, I never really gravitated towards that book because I just hear Tim Holt, and it's it's a fun name. Yeah. So there's uh there's one other Tim Holt book that's a big deal. I can't remember the number though or why. Um, but What's the title where the guy's people. holding the log? Or the kids, oh, the rifle kids holding the log? Oh, yeah, Rifleman. The Rifleman. I think it's Rifleman 30. I don't know. That's a good book, too, though. Yeah, that one. There's a copy of that that I think sold last week um, for a, just an astonishing number. Did you guys see the uh, first appearance of Mouse in the magazine that sold for like $100 on eBay? What do you cool. mean? What? Remember uh, the comic book Mouse, how it appeared yeah. in like a magazine-sized book? What do you mean, Raw? I, I think, is that raw, the name of the... the magazine? And the magazine's like this big. It's like yeah, like three okay. feet tall. Yeah, Thank I you. have like I have a I have a number one somewhere, but I ripped the I ripped the mouse out to get it CGC, and it didn't happen. But go on, I'm listening. Suffice to say, uh, a copy of that sold for like a hundred dollars on eBay. That was actually cheap. They usually go for a lot more than that. Right. I was shocked that it went for that cheap. Although I think I only paid like thirty bucks for the one I have, but that's not really that's not the first appearance of Mouse. It's just the first appearance, like the first number one in the magazine. And oh, I think it might okay. be like the most largely, aside from Killing Joke, it's probably the most uh, the largest printed graphic novel uh, of all time, aside from Killing Joke. Nice. So. I don't know. That is a good book to be buying, like Raw Ones, because it, it is, but so is that, uh, I think it's Funny Animals 1. Uh, that's the first appearance of Mouse uh, from Kitchen Sink Comics. Like I can't remember if, if it's that issue or not, but I don't nice. know. That, that's always, uh, Art Spiegelman stuff is always good to get. And he also created um, uh, the Garbage Pail Kids, right? Hmm. No, not Garbage Pail Kids. He, um, hmm. Uh, he created one of the cards. I don't know. He created maybe it was Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah. This brings us to uh, it, it's a real nice segue into the Facebook questions as Jimmy throws out picks. That's true. So let's see here. Uh, I might screw up which ones what. All right, uh, Patrick. Uh, I'm glad I'm not going to say your last name because I can't spell it. But it's a good Italian last name. Uh, my grandmother would be happy. You're bad at uh, this. Okay, what does it say? He says, everybody knows Hulk 181's a key, but let's talk about those uh, minor keys that are easily obtainable. Thor 337s uh, were everywhere two months ago at a decent price. Then one unconfirmed rumor later, bam, and gone and uh, at triple value. What are some of uh, our picks for books that could pop in 2019? That um, there was a I guess an alert about um, Eternals Five. Um, that book is just is, I think it's like about a sixty dollar book. And they mm -hmm. had uh, something to do with the, that blonde uh, blonde black widow. Oh, that sucks! I went I saw like fifty copies of that today. That's you mean 
Inhumans number five. Inhum I am sorry, Inhumans. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I heard. I, I saw that Bleeding Cool picked up on that too, but that oh, book's been hot for a minute. Yeah, but it was like sixty dollars. Like, wow. Okay. Well, I don't know about all that. There's copies for like twenty, thirty bucks. So I, mean, I guess what he's asking is like the books worst that, spec ever. I guess he's asking like books that are selling well now, but that we think are going to have room to grow. Right. That's what the question is. And I'm not sure. More I mean, like, like, I think, Niobe, I number one, right. Niobe number one, I think right now has a lot of room to grow just based on how it was selling originally. Mm -hmm. I think that book's probably going to come back up and she is being introduced in action comics. So, I mean, I think that's an obtainable key. You said Niobe, um, you mean Naomi. Yeah, Naomi, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't buy Niobe if, if you paid me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think there are other books. I should have thought about this through or thought through this. Another book that is really down in value right now is uh, the Marvel's uh, Marvel Super Stories, uh, the first appearance of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that is it is it? I don't remember what number what book that is, but uh, first appearance of the Guardians of the Galaxy is down in uh, it's is really low right now too. So what's 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 first Blade going for these days? Is it that no, that book I think is up because they keep. Uh, Every, every other week, they seem to be uh, putting out news about it. So, it's also always been an expensive book. I mean, um, you know, the kind of books I, I like uh, on stuff like this, I think, are things like uh, the first appearance of Moon Girl. Yeah. Um, right. And the reason I like that is because there is a high probability uh, that that will actually be made into a, a television show. Um, of some kind, whether or not it's animated or live action, who knows? The uh, first Devil Dinosaur one, uh, the Kirby book, um, I like that too. If you remember, Lawrence Fish uh, Fishburne's uh, production company indicated that they were going to get behind that character and do something with it. Um, there's been a ton of downtime in between uh, that press release and now, and those books are stone cold. Um, I mean, those are the kind of things that uh, I sort of look for. It's like, what can I always get out of? Uh, because I can divest my investment, uh, but the books, you know, because they're just at a price where they're not going to go any lower. Um, I was I went to sleep on first appearance of Man Thing. No, I'm serious. No, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I was just thinking of giant size Man Thing earlier, but I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> yeah, or first Squirrel Girl is a good one. I mean, yeah, that book has really gone up, and, and then it seems to still be going up. But uh, I don't know when you go from a dollar to forty dollars uh, in, in like overnight, because that book really shot up. So who knows if that book has staying power? But who knows? What other questions were there from Facebook? Okay, was that um, it? Well, no, there's a ton. Uh, best practices for speculation: What kind of ROI makes a flip worth it? Flip what, or what? flop? What's the return ROI? on investment? Flip or flop. Talk about speculations that made bank or were complete busts and why. Uh, what to look for when speculating on a comic, i.e. first appearance, key storyline event, rare variant, etc. Uh, there's just a ton of uh, specific questions there. But let's talk about uh, that first one first, which is best practices for speculation, return on investment. Um, I am a... Uh, 3x kind of guy. I want to get between three and, and 10 times my investment on books that I pay uh, more than a dollar for. Uh, if I'm paying, if I'm pulling stuff out of a dollar bin, you know what I mean? I'm looking at like not letting them go for less than $20 or they get thrown back in a, in my own dollar bins. Um, 
And, you know, I don't think that uh, for whatever reason, and we've talked about this maybe on some of the prior podcasts, but over the course of the last 10, 15 years, there's been no interest whatsoever in key storylines or events. Um, those days are gone. I don't know if it's because people don't read comics or, or what exactly uh, has happened there. But if you look, for example, at the death of Gwen Stacy, um, that used to be like the pinnacle book for the 25 year span of Spider-Man. Um, and now those books are they're dirt cheap. So now will that come back in 10, 15, 20 years? Uh, you know, books that have like these historical uh, significance as far as like the storyline of a character goes. I don't know. I hope so. It'd be cool. It means a lot to me, but it doesn't mean a lot of dollars. It well, it depends on what Marvel and, and, and if Marvel keeps rebooting shit. I mean, you got you have good storylines, and all of a sudden they reboot the shit. They appear in another universe. Nobody cares down the line. So you know that's why I hunt. I was hunting rare variants, the the, the lower print run variants. But even now, nowadays that's getting boring and played out. So I don't know. I don't know. Like when it comes to speculation, it's like. Like I said, like I said earlier, people are running out of stuff to spec on. This is why you see the bikini book more of a value, and then once that gets the life sucked out of it, what's next? Well, I mean, nobody's making the bikini book sell, right? Like nobody's like pushing the market that way. So I don't know if it's that they're left. Like there's nothing left to spec on. I, I guess just that's just the way the market's going right now. I mean, I remember, and I don't think like I. The thing is, I don't know. Have there been YouTube videos or? Key Collector hasn't made a list or anything, so I, I don't know why these books are jumping, but they're jumping. No, they seem to be jumping organically. Together, it's a wrap, though. As soon as people can use the Key Collector app to go dig through bins, sure. Uh, but I mean, they seem to be going up organically, and I absolutely. think that's why it's not people uh, falling like having nothing else to spec on because it seems to it, it seems that there's an audience there, and there doesn't seem to be people pushing these books. Right, that makes sense. So yeah, I don't remember what the question was, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, flip or flop. Let's talk about speculations that were a bang or a bust. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Oblivion Song obviously your long is is we're learning how uh, how great that was. I mean, Rick, now yeah, those Rick books are all are moving, right? So Rick and Morty one in fifty that came out a couple of weeks ago. Bang bang. What about some of your busts, boys? DCB covers were the bust of the of twenty eighteen for me. When I when I, I always tell the story when I first started I bought a fucking about a thirty itty bitty bunnies because they were selling for like ten dollars I was gonna flip them quick and I, I hate that fucking book and <laughs> I have a box full of the crap. What do you mean, stabity bunny? No, no. Itty, itty, itty bitty bunny. I think it's from IDW. Uh, okay, no, from Action Lab. Action Lab. Action Lab. Action. My apologies, IDW. I'm gonna put that crap on you. That book. That. We well, yeah, it was from like some Australian creator or oh, something, and they God. said he had like a bunch of stuff going on, and they made it seem like it, it could be optioned or something. And this was right after uh, um, Zombie Tramp, right? So yeah. it seemed like Action Lab knew what they were doing, but no. <laughs> I, I took a I, I, I took a fucking hit on on that. Yeah, I haven't speculated on Action Lab since then, except I, of course for Dollface and things that like are established. Another, like, another one. Dan, Dan Mendoza, I guess. Another one, holy fuck! I think that was from Action Lab too. Yeah, it was, and they had a Dan Mendoza cover. I remember getting copies signed, and he's like, "They probably didn't sell any of these." And I'm like, "Yeah." I read that book. I was like, "This is this is pretty bad, pretty pretty goddamn bad." 
So again, they're got, they're talking about undervalued speculation options, um, and this guy's not even asking for uh, specific books. He's just more like uh, looking for theoretical situations um, or under the. And I think what he's really saying is like, well, how do you determine something is an undervalued uh, book, right? And it's really for me kind of like a you know the things that I'm looking for are. Um, characters that have television or film uh, potential. I mean, that's just the easiest one. Um, or are fixtures within the uh, canon of a universe, right? So I don't necessarily see um, a lot of future for, you know, like some sort of like quick on-screen development for a character um, like uh, Guy Gardner. Um, that being said, he's a fixture within uh, the you know DC continuity. Um, so grabbing uh, you know his high grade copies of his first appearance just makes sense uh, because people haven't gravitated to them. Um, they will at some point. That book's going to spike, you know. But for me, like it's a lot of kind of like uh, trying to figure out how much time I want to have my money wrapped up in a particular book or books. Uh, because if there's an opportunity to uh, flip the books and, and make a little bit of money and, and move on to another investment as opposed to being stuck with the book, uh, you know, over the course of like months, years, um, then it's a lost opportunity for me. I mean, also, like you said, like you said, like you said earlier, if, if people go back and like read read books, there's they're speculating if you read books. Uh, you had uh, Gary uh, Nassau. Yeah. Gary Nassau on one of your previous podcasts. I mean, he breaks shit down great, you know. But if you go back, like like Null is Null is a hot character now. If you go back and pick pieces together when you read the books, you can find a whole bunch of spec stuff out there. Um, I don't do it as much as I should, but um, but there there is stuff there, and that's how you create spec. Yeah, I kind of like the Thor book as opposed to the Venom three, the Thor six, just because there's like fourteen different covers. With the god of the Jason it's like Thor, yeah, it's like Thor God of Thunder Six yeah, is yeah. Uh, kind of like a, an earlier null. And right. um, the reason I kind of like that book as opposed to Venom Three is just because there's so many different variants for Venom Three. You know, there's like the uh, three printings, an incentive variant, uh, San Diego Comic Con PGX plus the regular cover. Um, you know what I mean? It, that Thor God of War had that Akuna variant that was hot that was smoking for a while. That that's a good buy right now. Mm, maybe. As in a nine eight, I think nine eights were going for three hundred. I think probably get one now for around a hundreds in the hundreds somewhere. I gotta check. Well, and so do you guys uh scope out uh high end ratio variants that have fallen off people's radar? Yep. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really for me. I mean I guess Mel does. Mel, what ones are on, on your radar that well, aren't on anybody else's? Um, like I spoke about um that uh I'm still bullish on that um Spider Gwen sixteen. The, the <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm laugh, laugh all you want. When okay. that when that when that event happens in that movie, that book is, I believe that book is gonna is gonna shoot back up. You can, it's it just a happen. cover, just if it happens. I don't know. It's it yeah. so stupid. But this but this is what high ratio I mean high ratio variants are they're just covers. No, well, no, no, no. I just think it's terrible spec. Oh, I'm waiting what for about, it to happen in a movie. That's that's what's going to drive this book up is when it happens about, in the movie. It's what like, about dude, the Lost variant? Now. What about the Lost variant? You guys great. like that one? It's, again, it's a great cover. It doesn't happen in the book, but again, it's a great cover. 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's some nice there's some nice variants out there. Here's kind of the issue with that particular book. It hasn't uh, appreciated in value like all of the other ratio variants, which uh, is kind of shocking to me. But has it um, lost value? Hasn't lost value. I mean, it was down. Remember, it was like at eight fifty. I think is uh, was my buy-in, which made me happy. Um, that was I mean, the book the book went. went from like a fifty dollar book to a two to three hundred dollar book kind of overnight. Overnight. So, um, and I don't think that was organic. I think there was definitely people pushing that. So, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I just like that book. I think it's gorgeous. But it's I don't see that. I don't cover. see that book coming down in value anytime soon. So. Right, and here's kind of the other issue. Uh, there are certain players in the game, like Adam Hughes, for example. All of his Wonder Woman and Catwoman books are stone cold. You can get them uh, now at like bargain basement prices. I don't know uh, what the future of those particular books are, um, but because they're at bargain basement prices, I put together a couple short boxes of them. Um, well, and two years ago at um, NYCC, there was it was in October. They were there. That's when they kind of peaked those Hughes um, Catwoman covers. Yeah, he's well, kind of got, on a he's been on a downward spiral, but I mean, Archer. His older stuff's new. hot. People have been uh, going towards Middleton. Uh, there seems to be other artists that people seem to be jumping towards, aside from Hughes now. So, who knows? Who's the hottest artist out right now? Not named. Well, the, the hottest. Scott Campbell. <laughs> no, the hottest. Yeah, it's probably still Campbell. Well, what, what, I'm talking about like the hottest artist that. People might not know about like on a, on a, on a Jesse on a, on a Jetty of uh, Frizon level hack. Yeah, no. Like David Mack is underrated. I love Mack shit. Yeah. I mean, with Mack, it start, stuff starts to look the same after the while. I can't think of any underrated artists right now. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Is I think that's all we had though for this week. Um. We didn't have anything else, eh? Thanks for having me. Nobody say anything. Well, no, Mel, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it on the comicbookspeculation.com podcast. This is what, episode seven? Um, episode eight will be next week. Uh, hey, guys, Jimmy, can we do one last question? Because it's Mel explains this all the time. And uh, that way we'll be done with all of I mean, it would have been questions. easier if you said that, like, I don't know, before I started I saying my spiel. But yeah, sure, go for it. Uh, I, it, I enjoy interrupting you a little bit. It makes me happy. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Mel, here's the question. When a brand new unknown comic is first speculated on, how many uh, weeks or months or what's the average does that speculation last? I remember many books that uh, got some spotlight coverage and then after a year or so, you don't hear anything about them. I remember a book a few years back from Overground called Graduate. That I bought a few copies. copies Wait, are you of. reading right now? Yeah, I'm clearly no, reading. Don't right now. read the question. Don't, like don't, re don't well, read look, the question. Here, let me ask no, you. Just, just, that's that's what about. you mean. That's the, that's the easy like. That's the problem with these Facebook questions. You're saying them verbatim. Just yeah. like, come on, you got to sum what that is, up. I'll sum okay, it up. Okay, Mel. Talk what about is the, the window for speculation? Mel, Talk about the what is the speculation window that you see? Right? Is that not what it is? Mel, what do you think about a speculation trajectory? What? Yeah. What is this whole trajectory? What is this window that the the things in? You know, it's like a graph. I like that Jimmy's right? doing the hand thing. Like, was, oh, I don't know what else. We're a visual podcast. We we have screens for some reason. If Whatever. it's if it's an independent book, I'd say two weeks tops. Uh, we live in a, we live in a world now where Janet Jackson song is the best. What have you done for me lately? 
No, it's not. It's uh, it's the nasty girl, right? You no, nasty. You, it's, no, it's, it's not the nasty one. Okay. It's what have you done for me lately? Like these books, they were ten to fifteen dollar books on that Wednesday. They <laughs> take two or three dollars now. I got a box full of them. I, I can prove that theory correct. Uh, it, it's that. That's a two weeks. If, if it's a good storyline, <clears throat> like like first no, that was hot for like a month, and it went down. Now it's going back up. Those, like I said. Books with key storylines and they have the good good characters that come back last will last long and then your average independent book. Um and I like independent books, but they just don't sustain it. Like the, the it goes from it comes out Wednesday, lasts about two or three weeks, dies down, you wait for you wait for a TV or movie announcement, it'll shoot back up for about two weeks, and then it'll just sit in limbo. And that's it. I like that I got Meldo on the hand thing, too. <laughs> We're a visual podcast. <laughs> We're a visual podcast. We got to do, like, see, this is the box of the window. It's kind of a window. And it, the books go up and then it goes down. It's within that window. But I'm glad oh you God. described it. But, yeah, I guess that's all we had for this week, um, right? You're going to ask me another question halfway through this? No, I want to apologize for our poor answers to the wonderful questions. Uh, and I thank think, everybody for listening. Were fair. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us on the comicbookspeculation.com podcast. Thank you, Mel, for joining us. And I, and we got like some Rob Liefeld shout out this week or something. I heard about that. You guys should check out. I don't know yeah, where you check. Unpressable defects is the hey, greatest podcast again. Well, in the world. Um, I guess Comic Book Wars is good too. Yeah, no, you're just mad. I have, I'm still we're still live. Okay, we'll talk $30. to you guys later. Bye now. No, we're still <laughs> live. And again, thanks. I know we're Mel. live. Thanks, Mel, for joining us. Okay, bye now. I got a.